welcome to Data Rockstar's Coffee Podcast with me, Kelly Peters. This week I'm joined by Neil Partridge, our very own Director of Business Development. Welcome, Neil. Hello, good morning. Thank you for joining me whilst uh, Regina is away enjoying her honeymoon. Always a pleasure. And yes, of course, best wishes to Regina as well for uh, a long-deserved wedding and honeymoon and everything else that goes with it. Absolutely. Um, And while she's away, me and you are going to talk about the Fortinet VPN leak that um, has occurred. And we'll talk about that in a moment. And then we're going to talk about um, how Doorstep Dispensary Limited have successfully reduced their monetary penalty notice. So lots to discuss in not a lot of time. So Neil, you shared a story with us about the Fortinet VPN in it showing that up to half a million login and passwords of VPN users had been made available on some hackers new forum. That's right. It's an interesting one. And the reason I picked up on it was because so many of us are now using VPN. I speak to so many organisations. I do a lot of work in the legal sector and they're all Everybody thinks they're protected because they're in a VPN. And just for most people have come across them now. And in fact, when you use an app on your iPhone, effectively, you're sort of using an VPN. A virtual private network is like a tunnel and it channels your internet traffic almost always remotely through the tunnel from one end to the other. And the idea being is it makes you less vulnerable. I like them. I use them myself. But what had happened here was that the Fortinet had actually had a breach in 2019. And this is where 50,000 sets of data were actually made vulnerable. Well, as you point out, very recently, I think it was April this year, and the, the NCSC in the UK, the FBI in the United States, pointed out that the vulnerability was still there. Wow. So, yeah. And the thing is that a patch had been produced, but a lot of people hadn't use the patch but of course there's something out there called an atp hacker an atp hacker these are great acronyms that's an advanced (laughs) persistent threat hacker wow nice (laughs) what it means is somebody doesn't go away someone you don't want on your doorstep but is probably wanted to make a name for themselves and as you pointed out kelly this particular individual managed to scrape from over twelve thousand devices allegedly half a million sets of logging data and then publish it on his brand new portal to say hey look i've arrived and i'm great <laughs> so there were a few things there that have been talked about how do we stop this from happening what does it affect I mean, it raised some questions in my mind one of the questions it raises is how come there were i mean we'll go into this but how come over half a million devices half a million sets of data were captured from just twelve thousand devices does that mean for instance people have got more than one user identity more than one question. password on a device, that's quite a lot. But I thought that was really quite interesting. And of course, it's, well, I'll come back to it again in a minute, but it's not the first time there've been problems with VPNs. But certainly NCSC is suggesting, make sure you do your patches, of course, but yeah. possibly uninstall and reinstall. It's going to cause quite a mess. From what I read and what the Alternate released as a statement was to say that, you know, they had been trying to urge their customers to plug the gap that they'd found in their software solution. And in fact, they said that they'd sent out corporate blogs on, in August, July 2020, April 2021 and June 2021. And yet people were still not following those. I think that says a lot that maybe blog posts are not the best way to be able to be pushing out a notice. You know, have you ever considered actually emailing your customers and letting them know the vulnerability? Well, I mean, I've had that. I've had the email from apps that have been breached to say, did you know uh, we've been breached? We're really sorry. Please change your password. It's the very first thing that they do. My VPN provider goes a stage further. You actually have a little app on your desktop, which just sits there completely out of sight. I love it. It's like a ghost. It just pops up and it's got something really important to tell. And it says exactly that, Kelly. It would say to me, hey, Neil, you know, there's 
a patch to install. Yeah. Read an article as to why you need to install it. But I know that one particular organisation, I think I can even set it in mine, it doesn't say, hey, Neil, there's a patch to update. It says, Neil, we're going to update your patch. Yeah. That's yeah. it. There's a lot that can be done there. No, absolutely. And I think there's two sides to this. There's obviously the Fortinet have failed to plug a vulnerability. You know, bear in mind that they're, they're very application is to be able to provide a secure access to systems the fact that that has a vulnerability which then opens all of their customers up to potentially being accessed and their sensitive commercial data is a massive failing on their behalf and the fact that it's still a vulnerability two years after the fact is a little bit worrying i think there's work that can be done there for sure there's of course it's been half a million sets of information have been scraped um they've been placed onto the internet which means they're probably in 500 million different places now. They're probably fragmented all over the place. And let's face it, so many people use the same account information for multiple accounts. Yeah. So if I could track down an individual, I would have a re, if I was that way inclined, I'd have a really good go at accessing their other accounts using the same logins because I've better yeah. similarities. I think as well as putting some of the blame, blames wrong one, as well as putting some of the requirement upon the, the actual provider of the service mm-hmm. for themselves, there is also, again, we come back to something we've talked about before, Kelly. There's a training requirement here. Are staff looking out for the updates? Do mm. staff know, are told about the vulnerabilities? Are people told to be careful? The correct way for using a VPN? And indeed, are the data protection leaders in organisations actively looking for those flaws? Are they actively themselves saying, right, we know software gets patched now and again. We know there are vulnerabilities. Are we looking out for our workforce by actually looking out for what information is out there about our own systems? Yeah. It's, I see too many times, I think, that people will say, we've got this great new system and I'm just going to drop this in there. There are these adverts on television at the moment for a certain kind of notebook, electronic notebook, doing the rounds. Virus protection, never get virused again, honestly. I'm not going to say any more on that, but we yeah. all know that's not going to work for long. It's down to human beings to know what they shouldn't do. Yeah, I would also add, I absolutely agree with what you just said. I'd also say that there will be a lot of people, a lot of individuals that have purchased a VPN because they're trying to be more conscious. So individual business owners or just individuals, to to be honest, that have realised that they want to be able to work in a coffee shop, but they want to be able to not connect to the the coffee shop Wi-Fi. They want to be able to have their own Wi-Fi connection and securely connect to their computer at home and whatnot. So I think individuals have a responsibility that if you're being made aware that there is a vulnerability, you have a responsibility to plug that. I routinely say in training sessions, I admit that you might get a Windows update on a Monday morning, you know, you can delay that till like maybe the end of the day because it could take hours. But don't delay it forever, you know, and I know some of our customers force the updates to happen because then you're not leaving yourself open to vulnerability. But at the most basic, if you are a Fortinet uh, VPN user, change your password. Absolutely. I I would also just uh, just encourage anybody who's recently updated a business insurance policy, whether it's for an individual running a small business or somebody running something much bigger, have a really good look at the small print. Have a really good look at what the insurer asks for. If I was an insurer, I would be putting clauses into my insurance policy saying you must be up to date and keeping up to date. You have a responsibility as mm. the insurer to do so, otherwise we don't pay out. I know in certain sectors, such as the legal sector now, some law firms are filling in an extra four pages of proposal information around cyber security and data protection because of remote working, because of this, and they use VPNs. I'm like you, Kelly. I use my VPN all the time. I love yeah. We're talking now through my VPN, but I stay on top of it. And I think that it's well, I would say another little tip there is don't leave yourselves vulnerable. Have a quick look at your insurance policy. Just yeah. make sure that you're up to date. 
Yeah, that's a, a really good point because I think as more and more these come to light and more and more supervisory authorities start to investigate these, insurers will get even more cute with their wording. And, yes, and yes. rightly so, you know. So um, that is uh, one of our subjects and we'll see if they get investigated further you know, or any additional action is taken by the bodies like the FBI uh, and stuff. But it won't be the last time we'll hear of a software vendor being breached by a, a threat or a, whatever was the, the funky acronym that they were assigned that you said ABC. earlier. Yes. So then the next story I really wanted to talk about is something I raised with the team was about two years ago, the um, information commissioner issued its second technically it's second uh, gdpr fine to a company called doorstep dispensary uh, limited it hit the news just around christmas time and essentially what had happened is that confidential information um, had been left in unsecure cabinets outside of their their offices and in this contained not just personal data special category information included information about um, nhs numbers it had some medical um, information and this was a company dealt with uh, care home information so there was some really vulnerable data so after an investigation that the information commissioner fined them 275,000 now what all of us in the data protection world uh, see is that none of these companies just accept a financial penalty they will get their legal teams involved depending on how big a company you are and how big your legal budget is will depend on how aggressive I imagine you are in challenging the ICO but in this instance the doorstep dispensary have taken it to a tribunal and they've actually been able to successfully reduce their fine so it's gone down from 275 to 92,000 because they have picked up on the nuances on what the ICO said that it was at fault. And this is no not dissimilar to what British Airways and what the Marriott did. They really drummed into the, you said this is the problem, actually this is the problem it's nowhere near the size so what doorstep dispensary were able to to argue wasn't 500,000 documents there's a bit of synergy between the two stories it's half a million in, in both cases they actually said that it was 73,000 files so there was there were still files that contained very sensitive information and they felt that they should have a reduction uh, in the fine which the, the judge agreed. Interestingly, and this is the thing I like most about this story, is that they tried to say that this was entirely the responsibility of their data destruction company. So actually the blame shouldn't lay with them at all. That surely when the data, when JPL, who was their data destruction company, took ownership of those in that situation they were there the, therefore the data controller therefore it's not me not my problem that's a really it. interesting point of argument who's the controller who's the processor at that point i i struggle with that one a bit katie yeah and the but the judge made a clear statement to say that in in this instance they were acting under the instruction of doorstep dispensary so in that using the letter of the law they were acting as a data processor and whilst there might have been a data processing agreement in place between them doorstep dispensary still had an absolute responsibility to make sure the third party was doing what they said they were going to do the contract alone is not enough it's how do you make sure that they're going to do what they say absolutely it's you know I, okay let me say something skeptical right now i'm very skeptical about it i like I, it yeah i do the numbers on the back of a serial packet and there was a breach recently where I worked out that it was an organisation that had been fined, I think it was £200,000, I think we might have bought it before. And I actually worked out that was on the back of the, the data that they used appropriately, for which they got fined £200,000, probably made them about a million pounds of profit. So let me just be cynical and say, do you know what, if I was going to make a million pounds of profit, 
and I wasn't very ethical or careless, I'd say, yeah, 200 grand is the cost of doing business. I've just made £100,000 more money. Now, the ICO is, is, would stamp all over that and any decent person would as well. But it, it does beg the question, exactly that, are we clear about our relationships with yes. other people? And certainly, again, looking at the legal sector, there's, there's various regulation there. But most, I think, again, insurers could play a role in this, maybe. Maybe we could ask them about that. Is you have a responsibility to keep certain information confidential. What arrangements do you have in place to make sure that's the case? How do you monitor it? And actually, it also comes down to the fact that potentially the, the data controller, I think they are, we can safely say they are still the data controller. Mm -hmm. They should have had, what were their controls? What is going on there? And what information did they have in-house originally when they set up their data processing agreement mm -hmm. or controlling agreement with the people who are going to be disposing of it. I think there's a big contract issue there. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, and I think it's about enforcing that or checking that it's actually viable as a, as a contract. Now, I could honestly talk about this for quite some time, but we have actually run out of time. So my top two tips from today is that if you know, scan for vulnerabilities, uh, on your system make sure you patch those vulnerabilities and if you are sending data out to third parties it's not enough just to have a contract you need to make sure that contract actually the people that are uh, in being instructed on your behalf know what their responsibilities are within that do you have any top tip that you want to share neil yeah i do actually i'd, I'd say again this is um once again these two things that are very one's a paper not being disposed of and one's about uh at a cyber vulnerability guess what the, the, the joining factor, apart from the half million data units we're talking about, the one unifying factor is people, making sure people are well briefed. And that means quite often means the people at the top of the data control chain, as well as those actually operating it. So again, I'll come back and say my top tip is make sure your people are well briefed. Nice. Well, thanks for joining me today, Neil. That was, uh, it went quicker than I, I was expecting. Uh, lots of uh, interesting stories to talk about. If you've got any hot topics that you'd like us to talk about, please do send us an email to the coffee at dbxuk.com and listen in next week because there's always more news in the world of data protection and we're always happy to share our top tips with you. So thank you for joining us.